0: Hey everyone, welcome back for episode eight of A Financial Way. Danny here again back with Abe. Today's topic is financial literacy and why it's really important. So first off, before we get started, thanks everyone again for tuning in. You know, we're, we're happy to be back. Sometimes we just got to take a little bit of a break and, you know, we're busy with things. So this is just kind of a, uh, just a little bit of us trying to come back and be a little bit more consistent with it. But uh, yeah, any updates with you,
1: Abe? What's going on with you? It's a very, very busy market in the real estate world, so it's uh, trying to keep up, trying to keep moving forward, so pretty awesome.
0: Nice, 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 yeah, and I'm just working, so we're kind of just going at it, being busy with our own stuff, but uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Financial literacy. We Instead of two stories today, uh, we actually went with two articles, and specifically our first article comes from Forbes, and so is the second, but we think this article is really important because it's just why... We think, or why, I guess in the term of article, why these five reasons personal finance should be taught in school. And the first reason here is money touches everything. And it's true. Just from that statement alone, money does touch everything. But before we even di- like dive really deep and, and get really into the weeds of things, let's just go through the five first. So number one, like I said, money touches everything. Number two, the majority of Americans want personal finance taught in schools. Number three is lack of financial knowledge has painful consequences. Number four is financial literacy leads to a healthier life. And the last one is where else will they learn it? Abe, pick one of those five and let's run with it. What do you think? Which, one's, which one do you want to talk about first?
1: All right. I say we choose the first one.
0: First one? Okay. Money touches everything. Yeah. Straight straight to the point, I think understanding money touches everything, whether you believe it or not, it is, it's just, that's how it is. That's how life is. Everyone is immediately impacted from money the moment you're born to the day you die. Literally when you die, you have to pay for literally the whole expectations of, you know, if you're going to get cremated, if you're going to get buried, if you're going to go through a whole funeral ceremony, like it's, it's all of these different aspects of having to still throw money out there and these could be really financially impactful for whoever's having to pay for it same thing when someone's born you have to pay for the hospital bills you have to pay for all these different surgical procedures potentially medicine um you know hospital services like you have to pay so much money to just massive aspects of your life and the fact that it starts from the very beginning to the very end of someone's life just goes to show that money does touch everything what do you think abe
1: See, the way I see it is there was a great movie called Margin Call that was kind of like about finance and all that stuff and the collapse of 2008. But the part that really struck me was the part where the CEO was basically explaining the financial instrumental of like everything that goes around. And the way he said it was that it's just pieces of paper. Money is just pieces of paper, but it impacts everything you do. There is nothing that you can do that you won't need money for. It's it's a way for you to basically be able to buy food, buy cars, buy a house, buy a health insurance, be able to go to hospital. There's it touches basically everything that there's no way you can escape the fact that you need money to survive in this world. And that's just for me. It's like it's something that everybody has to put into their heads right away to be able to save so much time and be able to like keep up with the world and the way like everything is going.
0: I, th- I think it's really good that this number one is money touches everything. I'm, I'm really glad that this actually, for the people who do read this article, see this first because, you know, a lot of people stop reading articles after the first couple paragraphs or whatever. It, they're just maybe not intrigued. But for whatever reason, the fact that this is first, I think, is a really big highlight for a lot of individuals, especially young adults out there, because one, you need to understand, like, like you're talking about, Abe. Hey, Money is in every aspect of life, from a career decision, from a day-to-day perspective, from a long-term perspective, a short-term perspective, literally anything, buying a house, getting married, having children. all This is instrumental for us to understand how money works. And I think it's almost as important as for an individual to just figure out where they want to go to college or what they want to study. I think having money be as focused and, 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 you know, really into the weeds of understanding how you want to spend money and your financial literacy behind it. I think it's just as important as learning any kind of skill or ability or, or trade or, or going for school for something, whatever. You know, I think you need to really bring that idea of money to every other aspect that you think is really important in life and create some unison between both of them and kind of have this understanding like, hey, Money is really important. Let's understand what it is so we can make better decisions going forward. And I think for a lot of people, well, whether or not you want to know personal finance, it's the fact that a lot of these schools don't even teach it to begin with. Going into fact number two here, or or point number two, rather, the majority of Americans want personal finance to be taught in school. Why would you want something to be taught in school if it's already taught in school? Well, the fact that someone has to say it is going to say that this is not being taught in school. It's it's just not found in school. Right here, the statistic says a recent Credit Karma call trick survey said that they found 63% of respondents think personal finance education should be taught in schools. Okay, the definition of what taught is, whether it's a class, it's a curriculum, it's a mandatory class, or if it's an elective, who knows? It's the fact that these financial skills and tools should just be in school to begin with. Now, you can have the debate whether it should be in, in middle school, in high school, every single grade going up to high school, even in college. I mean, it, it it's really dependent on what a lot of people think. And I guess that's where that whole gray area stands is because, yeah, you can say something could be implemented or be taught. But then how do you do it? You hear all the time, too, that a lot of these schools are underfunded. You know, a lot of these schools, they have individuals or or teachers who just aren't teaching as well. And that really just throws off the whole curriculum. You know, I, I, there's plenty of times where I've had a math teacher who bored the hell out of me. And then ultimately, you know, a lot of the people who are in that same class would never want to, you know, pay attention or they just wouldn't get the topic conceptually. It, it, it's a huge, weird gray area with school. But Abe, what do you think? Do you think you would be in a situation you'd be right now? Or do you think you'd be even better If you had a personal finance class when you were younger.
1: See, I'll be quite honest. I think that the education system right now is lacking and it's pure shit. Uh, I don't think that they are teaching things that actually matter. Uh, And the big part that I think that they're actually lacking on is the fact that like they're treating fine, like educational system as something that we're going to raise them to only be employees and not know anything about anything else. Uh, it's like, you're not learning anything about how to like, basically apply for a bank account, how to get a credit card. Uh, when you're in debt, how do you, how do you manage that debt? Uh, how do you balance your, your, like your bank account, all these things, they're treating it as it's a, it's a something that like, Oh, when you get older, it's okay. You're you'll learn it on like your own kind of thing. And a lot of people, there's a reason why everybody's in debt and no one knows how to manage that debt when people when like when you're a high schooler and you basically go to college a lot of the time you are getting screwed up with like that you can't you can't manage the money that you have and you have to work more jobs to be able to manage like living or like like rent or like your bills whatever it is and a big reason behind it is because you never learned how to actually use the credit card people think that when you have like a thousand dollar or two thousand dollar limit that means you have $2000 to spend every month and exactly. you don't have to pay it every month it's just like it's there and like i'm just going to pay like the, the minimum down payment every month and we're okay but they don't learn the fact that like these banks or whoever is giving you that credit card is actually charging you like 25 30% every single year interest nobody nobody talks about that and i think that's nobody. why like our educational system is lacking this should be something that we should probably start in middle school, because as you get older, like maybe that stuff might not be as interesting to you. But when you start like sprinkling it a little bit in like middle school, it's gonna make a big difference. By the time you're graduating high school, that you're like, wow, okay, I have so much knowledge, and I definitely know how to be a better adult and be able to manage that much better. And I think that if we were learn like we were learning that stuff in middle school, you and I, I think we would probably be much much better at all of this. Because we had to learn it in college. This is for me, at least. I learned all that stuff in college. Even though I took a personal finance class in high school, I think it did nothing for me because they weren't it teaching right the right
0: class. Mm-hmm. No, no, go
1: ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, that. What were you saying?
0: No, I was just gonna say. At least according to the stats here from the Coltrick survey that I was mentioning earlier, thirty percent believe it should start in elementary. Thirty-three believe it should start in middle school, and thirty-two believe it should start in high school and only five believe it should start in college so no i completely agree with you it needs to start at some level before college for you to really start to understand hey maybe finance or even just the conceptual understanding of what money does in our economy and in our livelihoods i think is just the first start i see all these stupid electives go into our system that i completely think are really really useless but For a lot of individuals, hey, it might be their passion. It might be their hobby, whatever. Okay, that's fine. But if there's one thing that definitively needs to be on that list, it needs to be a personal finance class. We need more individuals, more younger adults and kids and and students and literally just every aspect as as an adolescent to really start conceptually realizing the importance of money and where that plays. Because for a lot of people, I mean – We could just think about it from more of an anecdotal standpoint. If your family is terrible with money, the likelihood of you also being terrible with money is very high because all you've seen your whole life is how money is incorrectly spent or budgeted. So, for that to be completely passed down to you and for the rest of your siblings, you're just going to keep developing those habits because no one else taught you. And then you're going to realize over time, hey, a lot of those issues happen because of money. And that's not what. Anyone is trying to teach you, especially as a young adult. No one wants to come out of college or just start their jobs or whatever it may be with no at all financial literacy behind. It's just so bad. Let's let's keep going on. Number three, lack of financial knowledge has painful consequences. And it says right here, nearly half of Americans don't have enough cash available to cover a $400 emergency. Think about that. A $400 emergency. Think of a $400 emergency right now. I, what can you think of? Uh,
1: I have not even. I mean, for like, one, literally just a
0: car breaking down.
1: A car breaking yeah, down. I How simple know. is that? It's not anything.
0: An appliance breaking down your house. I don't know. Like, let's say uh, a, stove. a pipe. A pipe. What if your roof is leaking? I mean, you yeah. have all these expenses and emergencies that... They could literally come up whenever and you're fucked. (laughs) Literally. And now, now imagine the scenario where you get fired. So in the scenarios where we were just mentioning of these accidents or these things breaking down, you at least had an income supplementing that to kind of almost try to cover or at least work towards covering it. But imagine getting outright fired where you don't get any income at all. And then you still have all these expenses and bills accruing over time. It's just you you really need to understand the importance of financial knowledge because someone who's financially literate would know to prevent this early on by creating an emergency an emergency fund or at least some account that has money for your day-to-day operations or whatever it may be for you to cover this and for a lot of people to not have that and nearly half americans not being able to cover such a simple emergency it's one shocking And two, that's that's not good at all for the state of any economy because if a lot of people are not able to cover this and we have examples, I don't know, like right now where a lot of companies are laying off people firing, this is just bad timing and this is not the scenario you want to be in. How about, like you're talking about too, Abe, those massive credit card debts that people accrue over time? Imagine thinking that you can pay off the minimum and think you're okay month over month, and then you keep accruing that debt over time.
1: See, the thing is, it's like you're living in a world of just stress all the time because exactly. these guys, if they don't get the money, then like they're gonna put you on like a what's it called? Some uh, list or account.
0: some like or if, if like for yeah, days, like, like you don't a pay creditors your... thing
1: or like anything.
0: yeah,
1: you're yeah, like, it's, like you it's gonna be a pain. They're rent. gonna keep pounding you for the money. Right. So, I mean, the thing is the thing, the thing that I'm seeing so much, especially right now in the real estate market is the fact that there's a lot of people with a lot of debt on these credit cards and they're looking to purchase something because the rent was too high for them because the rents just got raised and they can't afford these rents anymore. So they're looking for something, but they are not putting enough down payment because they have a lot of debt and the bank won't give them enough money to be able to buy something nice as that what they were living in before. So now they have the dilemma of they can't afford the rent. They can't keep paying their credit cards because if they pay them off, then like they have no money for the down payment and they can't find anything in the real estate market because it's just, it's very competitive and they practically have no money. So it's, it's a terrible situation to be in all around because it's just you can't afford the rent. You can't afford to pay off all your credit card bills because you have no mo- money to live on and you can't afford anything because no bank wants to lend you money. Because they feel like you're kind of a liability. So what makes
0: it even worse too? What makes it even worse too, Abe, is that while you're trying to recoup all of that stuff simultaneously, your bills, your expenses, you know, your day-to-day life, you're saving nothing for retirement. 33% of American adults have nothing in their retirement. Think about that. Imagine working 40 plus years of your life and you have zero dollars to make up for it.
1: Oh where's that money going
0: I I don't know maybe all that debt you're talking about, maybe they're just spending it willy-nilly. Maybe it's literally because stuff is really expensive. And it's true. That's not an excuse. It's a legitimate fact. Life is getting so much more expensive day by day. And and people are not realizing like, hey, not having savings and, and being able to cover myself for emergencies will make life significantly harder. Some people still think the idea that, you know, Social Security will be able to save you during retirement. It really won't. It genuinely won't. Only making fifteen, eighteen hundred, two thousand a month just based on social security services It's not going to get you by.
1: Not at all. See, the fact Even that everything is do, getting more expensive wouldn't that make you want to be more frugal with your money?
0: Exactly. And but how how can you be frugal? And that's really understanding how to budget and be cost effective. You know, right. are you really going to spend thirty bucks to you know an extra thirty bucks more on your groceries because you want more organic food from Whole Foods? Or would you rather spend, you know, maybe 20 bucks for the same quality, but maybe at a less known brand grocery store? Like, I don't know, like a Trader Joe's or like a Kroger or something like I like, you know, some people really understand like, hey, healthy food is really good for sustainable health and life. That's true. Yeah. But does that organicness of where you're getting your food really make that much of a difference for an extra 30 bucks? No, not really. Not not at all. How about spending to buy coffee every single day? It's not the fact that you buy coffee every single day. It's the the fact that you're spending money for something where you can make it significantly cheaper at a more cost-effective rate. Like, for example, getting a Keurig or getting a coffee machine to make your own coffee. That, even though you're still performing that same action of getting coffee that you always want every single morning, you'd save a lot more money over time because you're doing it at rates in which it's cheaper. So for a lot of people... They don't really think about it like that. They like to think, hey, let's spend my money now because I want to live my life now. And that's where you get into that huge argument of do you save money in the future because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Or are you doing it because, you know, people are just telling you to or or I mean, there's just a whole whole plethora of reasons why people, I guess, would make either a reason or an excuse to not save money. Let's keep going. Financial literacy leads to a healthier life. What do you think?
1: I mean, just just thinking about it, like, initially, I'm like, okay, think about how much stress you have if you have no debts, like, just think about it, like, a world where, like, you have no debts on your credit card, you're able to pay them off right away, because you're just not being done with your money, Uh, you have a house that you love so much, and you have, like, a healthy lifestyle, you get to do what you want, within moderation, of course, you get to go, like, on vacations, when, like, when you can afford it, and when you can, like, find a good time where like it's cheaper. It's just for me, I'm like, why wouldn't anyone want to do that? So it's just so much peaceful. And isn't that what we all want? Like a more peaceful lifestyle where we get to do what we want. And we are still in a financially safe, like kind of like uh, habits where we're not being like every single day we have to go on. Like we have to buy three Starbucks drinks. We have to go and like get breakfast, lunch, and dinner from outside. It's just, that's not really what happiness is. What do you think?
0: I mean, hey, if you have the actual money to budget, to be smart and make financial decisions, and you still think at the end of the day that you'll be completely fine by spending all of that money to go do all that stuff, then fine, yeah, live your life. That's great. But you need to realize at the end of the day that promoting good saving habits just makes your life significantly easier in the future when you cannot work for as long as you are as you are young. And also too, It's just financial health in general. When you build money over time, you can buy the stuff you want that, you know, quote unquote, makes you happy. It really just is important on you as an individual, making sure that, hey, if you're going to make financial decisions, make sure that you have the money to back it up if something does go wrong. And always think a couple steps ahead. There's no reason to just buy something out of, you know, complete impulsive thoughts and just be like, hey, I just wanted to buy that really nice car. Is it really worth... Having a nice car, but paying the same amount, or I mean not the same amount, but paying triple or double what another person is for the exact same purpose of a car to get from point A to point B. Is it really that necessary? Not not really. It's not necessary. It's not needed at all. But a car is needed, so you will have to spend money on that car. But does it need to be luxurious and does it need to be perfect? No. Does it need to be expensive? No. It just needs to get by and be a decent quality car.
1: So, I mean, for a lot of individuals... See, Maybe the problem is the fact that people want to kind of show off and that's where we go wrong.
0: Yeah. And and, and I think that's where society really makes that stigma of what money is. Everyone, I think when you ask them, what is money, everyone will have a specific perception of what money is. People will immediately think money is greed. Money is just a currency. It's just a kind of currency that a system or, or an economy has that, They just trade for goods and services. But if you really tell people all over the world, or at least I would say here in the US, a lot of people would equate money with greed, even though for a lot of people, they just had bad experiences with money. And I think, again, not being financially literate, when you're not good with money, you're always going to equate bad scenarios or bad situations in life that happen because maybe you didn't have enough money at one time, or maybe someone's honing you down for some money that you owe. Or maybe because of that credit card stuff that you have to pay back. And then you think immediately right off the bat, oh, I don't have money. I need to pay this back. I need to figure that out. And then like you're talking about earlier, Abe, you bring that stress and then your mind kind of wraps around the idea of money, stress, greed. And then it's essentially people just have bad habits with it. And then, you know, if if you're not, if you're not learning it as an adult, you're gonna struggle really hard. And I think that really takes us well to point five. Where else would you learn financial literacy? You know how hard it is for people to actually understand how the internet works? So imagine trying to still understand the internet and then also try to learn finance as you're working out life. It's going to be hard. It honestly is hard. Not everyone has the time and day to study finances and really understand that. But now thinking about that from a perspective of, okay, I'm getting intimidated by my own
1: finances.
0: What the hell can I do? You know.
1: That's true. And not everyone can afford getting, like, a financial advisor who can, like, advise them on how to invest that money. So it's just – it's so much easier to, like, kind of get, like, a grasp of the basics so you can be able to do it yourself.
0: It is. It's true. And it it doesn't even matter how much money you make. It's the fact that you need a budget. You need a budget to really understand the intricacies of where your money is flowing in and flowing out of doesn't matter if you're making 50,000, 30,000, 20,000 a year, or if you're making 200,000 or 400,000. If you realize at the end of the day that you're somehow still owing more than you make, that's a huge red flag. And you need to figure out in what simple ways can I actually recoup this and start being positive. And honestly, this is one of those situations, Abe, that I really think a lot of people like to be pretty risky with, you know, the whole concept of gambling or being risky with trading or, you know, just doing things that maybe aren't the best ideas when you think about it in hindsight, like, I don't know. I I feel like budgeting at such an early age would really avoid and prevent a lot of those issues going forward to think, Hey, how can I recoup some money in order for me to pay back my debts? And honestly, it's, it's as simple as a way of thinking of how money works the same way someone would think of losing weight. You just have to easily make more money than what you spend. And the way how you make money, you have to figure out how you're gonna make consistent money. And then you're also gonna have to figure out how to consistently budget yourself so you're not overspending what you make. I agree. There's a stat here in our in our second article, again, from also Forbes, the name of the article is called Should should schools teach financial literacy classes? And there's a stat here that says over 60% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, and 41% of Americans earning between 150 grand to 200,000 per year live paycheck to paycheck as well. So it's not even just low income families being impacted, it's just the fact of the way how you either were raised, or your mental process, or how you were taught, or literally anything you're just not understanding how to properly budget and that immediately is a red flag to your financial literacy.
1: Yeah. I don't think you have
0: I don't I don't think you have to be the smartest person to understand it too. I mean, paying bills is 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 financial literacy. Paying bills on time, opening bank accounts, using debt responsibly, you know, figuring out how a credit card works or or figuring out how different investment products or, or the stock market works like you don't have to be a genius to understand this you know
1: so why do you think that the school system doesn't promote that stuff why do you think that they're basically raising kids to like learn different things like social studies math science all all essential things but then the electives that we have to take from such a young age is like music art and when we get to middle school like music art and like some other stuff But they never actually include financial literacy why why do you think that is
0: um honestly i think it's a cultural thing here in the us um and i mean when you have a big huge huge cultural blending pot of all these different ethnicities and races and people of color and literally everyone just all in one big melting pot it's kind of weird, I would say, for an individual to understand like, hey, this person's making this amount of money. This person's making this amount of money. That person's making that amount of money. It's kind of be it's going to be a weird and, and unique for each family. And since culturally it's not ingrained for us Americans, at least what I think, this is just from a personal standpoint, uh, we just haven't put a really big focus into what financial literacy means. And a lot of people think, and I think as well, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, people just have to learn over time. Eventually, you'll learn it. I I mean, I might think that, but I don't think it's the best. Honestly, I don't think it's the best. I don't think I was actually fully financially literate, at least like a really good positioning and perspective until we took that one finance, personal finance class, Abe, um, our senior year of college, and we were finance majors. So that's, again, just because you're a finance major doesn't mean you're a financial advisor and you learn all the stuff like all of our other classes taught us things that were not personal finance related at all. So, right. you know, you you just got to really understand like, hey, this is one of those scenarios where we just have to maybe start it, you know, start start teaching it to kids and to students at a younger age for them to to start developing a mindset, a very healthy and young, you know, young mindset of, hey, this is this is something I need to understand now. This is something I need to start grasping now let's understand both the positives and also the consequences of debt of a credit score of emergency funds, you know, literally anything revolving around um, financial health and then just throw that at students, make them really be educated on it. Because the more we teach them about that, the better our future will be.
1: Hmm. See, the way I see it is it's, it's different. I see it as this is done on purpose that they are basically not teaching these things because they know that if they teach like financial literacy people might not grow up to be the way that the the system wants them to be so the system wants them to want to get into debt they want them to use these banks and get like credit cards that they can't pay and that like they just keep on and on paying that interest and it's just an ongoing process and then the other thing would be Also using the the American dream. Now I heard a story that was talking about how the American dream was actually created by banks back. uh, I don't even know what the year was, but, and that basically was that people would go to the banks, get a big, big loan so they can be able to afford a house. Now, obviously most people cannot afford a house just cash, but it's the fact that they're trying to ingrain into everybody that debt it's just a good thing and like you should always take debt and it's there's nothing wrong with taking credit cards and like that you can't pay and just making the down payments and that there's nothing wrong with basically like getting a loan that you might not be able to afford and you might have to foreclose on it and just I think the biggest part is it's the mindset because when you basically teach kids from a very young age that like it's about your happiness and it's not about like the, like the things that you know and the knowledge and that you need to be financially literate, it makes them grow up to be after jobs. They're like, they have to go to a nine to five job. They have to do this. They have to do that. It's like, it doesn't let them be creative with what they want to be. Uh, and it's just, they're chasing happiness. They're not really chasing money. And I think if they start teaching financial literacy in classes, it's going to go against the fact that like, they believe more in happiness than they believe in like making money. So that's that's honestly how I see it. Uh, I don't know if it's ever going to change where like they're going to teach financial literacy. I know that most billionaires and like people that like have a lot of money, they don't even have their kids go to the, sc- to the school system because they don't even believe in the public or private schools because uh, they don't like, they don't trust that like they're going to make their kids know how to make money. They're just teaching them like sometimes pointless stuff.
0: There's a lot Abe there that you said that I would love to disagree on, but that will be for a future episode. So, but thanks everyone for you know tuning in for episode eight. I definitely would love to revisit this and kind of talk about our old stories and kind of tackle some old thoughts in the future. But again, this is not financial advice. This is this podcast and this episode was primarily for educational informational purposes only. So I hope you all enjoyed. We're going to keep coming out with more episodes. So stay tuned and yeah. Take care, everyone. There's going to be
1: a part two for this.
0: Maybe. I'm excited. All right. Thanks, everyone.
1: Take care. Bye.